0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Approach, conversations on finding balance within the creative process. My name is Sanaya. If you're new to the show, this is a space where I have conversations with talented, prolific and multidisciplinary artists, creators, innovators, and I talk to them about the very things they get up to in order to get out of their own way and get on the path towards a stable, dependable and versatile creative habit. A lot of the themes that get discovered in these conversations have to do with the underbelly of the creative process, the self-doubt, debilitating perfectionism, and various industry challenges that seem to form hurdles between you and finding your courage to share your work with the world. It's my hope that through this podcast, you might be able to take away some significant pieces that would support your very own sound approach and your own creative habit. Before I jump into the interview, I want to take a second to talk about Dope Coffee. Each time I settle in to record one of these conversations, I make sure to create a super cozy atmosphere and I never forget my cup of coffee. At Dope Coffee, it's understood that the freshest beans make for better cups. Their website offers you a broad range of specialty coffee beans from plantations across the country and abroad. Big believers in holistic growth? Proceeds from their limited-edition Tribe Koraput Coffee go towards improving processing capabilities of tribal farmers in Orissa. My current favourites are their Kaladevapura Estate and I also love their Dark Matter blend. Besides starter kits, brewing guides, they're also the only roasters with an auto-debit subscription option where you can sign up for your monthly dose. Dope Coffee is offering my listeners an exclusive 20% off on every bag of Indian coffee bought using the promo code ASOUNDAPPROACH. That's A-S-O-U-N-D-A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H. So head over to their website, dopecoffee.in, and get some of that good stuff straight to you. For the last episode of this season, I am in conversation with a mental health professional. She is a practicing psychotherapist, the co-host of Marble's Lost and Found, a podcast and mental health initiative, an advocate of increased awareness and dialogue around mental well-being, someone I very much look up to and my very dear friend. She is back on the podcast today to speak with me about imposter syndrome. This is Avanti Malhotra. So Avanti…
1: Hi again.
0: Hi. I'm delighted to be speaking to you this time about imposter syndrome. (laughs) Yes. And I guess it makes sense to start off the same way we started last time. So what is imposter syndrome?
1: So imposter syndrome is not an official diagnosis in the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual in Psychology. But it is kind of a collection of persisting self-doubt and feelings of inferiority and inadequacy uh, when it comes to your achievements, uh, when it comes to any level of success that you may have achieved. Um, And the key sort of word here is persisting and that, Mm -hmm. you know, gets in the way of you taking things forward for yourself. Surely it's nice. a fluke. Like it can't really be right. And they've picked the nice. wrong person. And at some point, my real inadequacy is going to be like exposed. And so I'm constantly waiting for that to happen. So we mm. all face, you know, we all face when we're starting something new or um, we've got more, uh, more responsibility in our existing work. We all face some self-doubt, some uh, questions about whether we're going to be able to live up to this, you know, whether. Sure.
0: Yeah. The natural hurdles between you and starting any new endeavor.
1: Yeah. And actually what I would even call like humility because right. this, this sure. feeling that, you know, am I going to be able to do it? Um, yeah. yeah. But usually with some of us or with many of us, we do it. And then that feeling and that thought gets answered. Yes, I am able to do it, or
0: right.
1: and I am, I am up to this task, and I can integrate that into my sense of self. But sure. when you feel like an imposter, when you feel like a fraud, you feel like nothing is ever good enough. Like you'll always be inadequate, regardless of you ticking the boxes and meeting all the metrics of success.
0: Right. So actually stepping up to the task doesn't do the job of proving to yourself that you were up to the task mm-hmm. in the first place.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're only really as good as your next accomplishment. And even then, really? it's like, am I really? Wait, really? Am I? Where is your. There's no internal understanding of is this enough? Am I enough?
0: Hmm. Mm. Sounds. <laughs> weirdly familiar <laughs> i wanted to ask you you know since a lot of a lot of those feelings are natural inclinations that one can have at the onset of something that's new at the onset of something that perhaps hasn't been tried before especially if we especially if it's something that's challenging mm. but at what point is it healthy to call it imposter syndrome And not think of it as just the inherent fears around doing something new.
1: Mm, Okay, well, first of all, imposter syndrome isn't really an official diagnosis. Um, But it is a collection of feelings and behaviors where you kind of end up limiting yourself. And you end up not just questioning, but really telling yourself and believing that this is not really you. So when those feelings and beliefs and behaviors get in the way of you moving forward for yourself, right, taking things Mm -hmm. forward, that's Mm -hmm. when it can become a problem. That's when people actually come to a therapist and they're like, you know, this is no longer just regular, casual questions or self-doubt. This is now a sense of self that is is feeling fraudulent. And now I've got to work on this because I I can't go on like this because I'm constantly wondering whether I am actually as good as everyone thinks I am
0: and is it plausible that the that fraudulent sense of self which can show up uh, by means of one area of your life let's say in the case of a creative independent let's say a performing artist um, would it be possible for that feeling of I'm a fraud people are gonna find out that I'm actually not qualified or I'm actually not good enough for that to seep into other areas maybe one's personal life maybe other areas of one's vocation or is
1: usually it's it's in one area usually it's in one area which uh, you know the area in which you feel like you have the most to achieve and the most to prove so hmm. for some for some people for example um, for some women it's when they become mothers. Right? right and they're totally perfectly fine good enough mothers but there's this right. constant nagging feeling that no 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 i'm not like i'm i'm totally inadequate and i have to live up to something some right. like not like non existent like parameter of success as a mother and sure. i will never feel enough right right yeah
0: that's the internal narrative yes right so I did take some questions mm-hmm. on Instagram to ask you, and mm-hmm. one of them has to do with social media.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the question is: According to you, are there links between imposter syndrome and social media use? And I guess my addition to that question would be: um, How how can we how do we look at that? Like the Uh, The culture that social media can inherently perpetuate, you Mm -hmm. know, the darker side of it, perhaps, let's say, addictive usage, competing for popularity, um, a slideshow of consistent highlights that are not always based on reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, How does that contribute towards a turbulent identity?
1: Yeah, I mean, you've answered your own question, right? Like everything you've just described. I mean, duh, there's no way that in the age that we live in with with this access and like surveillance of everyone else's lives, can we feel grounded and rooted in what we are and in what we are doing? Like, again, I think I keep coming back to this, which is that you know, oh my God, am I enough? Is everything I'm doing enough? And Mm. also, why do I feel like I'm chipping people? Whereas the people Mm -hmm. on my Instagram feel, it looks like their lives and their actual successes are authentic and real. And they've really worked hard for it. Whereas I'm just here because of luck or because someone like felt bad for me and like gave me an in. Right, right um so yeah of right. course social media but i think that's a whole different conversation right like social media in general and it can come in with with everything that we're saying but i don't know if there's anything more meaningful to add here at this point for me when it comes to social media and yes the answer is yes like anything else yeah <laughs> yeah what what do you think
0: with my own usage there's definitely a pattern of Lower periods for me, lower phases in, let's say, self-confidence, uh, which I would I would kind of put on the other side of the column against imposter syndrome. I'm not feeling like a fraud when my feeling of self-confidence is intact. There's a difficulty in self-regulating there. Apps that are exposing you to a very unidimensional version of stuff that people are willing to share. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Eventually coming away, feeling uh, question, feeling full of questions.
1: And what you said, right, like seeing only a unidimensional side of what people decide to present. We as individuals are so... How do we perceive the world? How do we feel and perceive ourselves in the world? We see ourselves or we know ourselves from the inside, right? So we know all our flaws and all our shit and all our inabilities and all our capabilities. But we see other people from the outside. So we only Mm. see what they want to present to us. And so (laughs) what we decide from that, because sometimes we're so simplistic as human beings, is that, oh, my God, surely I, with all my shit, Mm. don't deserve this success or don't deserve to be where I am right now whereas you who's amazing and I can see how hard you're working you deserve it right (laughs) Right? and (laughs) it it is laughable it's like when you you know
0: when you have a little space from it and feel objective about it enough to laugh at it it kind of brings me to this my next question which is what do you do (laughs) (laughs) then what so so say you you confronted it and accepted the fact that you know um, my feelings of being uh, fraudulent Mm -hmm. despite my years of education my uh, my knowledge let's say even my qualifications external validation all of that is pointing in one direction Mm -hmm. saying you are qualified to be doing what you're doing Mm -hmm. even another step further you're good at what you're doing Uh, and if you like you said persistent being the key word if you still come away feeling like you still have so much to prove Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what what would be a suggestion for someone to deal with it
1: wow there's so much here so I guess, um, do you know the philosopher, I don't know if he's a philosopher or a writer, but his name is like Alain de De Botton, yeah, right, so I remember he had actually written stuff on imposter syndrome at some point, and he's, I mean, he's amazing, right, but he quotes this, like, French philosopher who said Mm -hmm. something along the lines of, you know, kings and queens shit, and so do ladies right mm. which basically means we're all kind of the same right we're all mm-hmm. made of the same trash and we're all made of the same beauty and so mm. sometimes reminding ourselves of that universality of experience that you know just because is CEO doesn't mean they also don't have their fair share of regrets and mistakes and shameful mm. actions and whatever decisions, sure. right? And so mm. I think the first thing, at least for me, what's helped me is to ground myself in the universal part of it. Like, mm. dude, I am not that different. Like, first of all, it's so fucking narcissistic to believe that you are so special that only you don't deserve where you're at, right? <laughs> like right. only you have those feelings, and I must be so unique right now, <laughs> like, right? And so I think, I think, and that usually shakes people a little bit, and it's mm. like, oh yeah, I guess I'm not the only one who thinks the this way. than yeah. I thought I was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so I guess that's the first thing. The second thing is, yeah. okay, where do we even learn? Like, why is it that some of us feel like imposters and some of us don't? In you know, mm. and we're at the same stages of life, in the same walks of work, whatever. And mm-hmm. and I, I I say this so much, but like it all kind of comes down to your childhood, right? And all mm. the messages you've received as a child, and the focus on achievement, the focus on goal as opposed to process, the focus on mm. achievement as opposed to character, mm. right? And you have to learn as an mm. adult to reparent yourself a right. little bit. Just because you didn't get that kind of pat on your back and the praise when you needed it, and the you know the firmness when you needed it, and the mm-hmm. all of that, right? Just because you didn't get it as a kid doesn't mean you can't offer it to yourself right now.
0: Sure, as an adult. Yeah, and
1: right. so you learn to talk to yourself differently. And you learn Mm. to say to yourself, you're okay where you're at. Mm. And you don't need to know 100% of your subject matter at this point of time. Mm. You will go, you will keep going. You'll keep going. Mm. That's how it happens. Mm. And you've got here not because someone felt bad for you and gave you a fucking Mm. chance, even though, yes, you know, to keep yourself humble, you have to remind yourself that luck is a part of life. Right. But because also you've worked hard to get here.
0: That sounds great. So really like n- nourishing the self-talk. Yeah. Without kid gloves though. Yeah. But like a balanced kind of
1: yeah.
0: version of it. And
1: also with, and if, you, if you told someone who felt like an imposter, if you told that person, mm-hmm. no, just tell yourself that you're amazing, right? Yeah. And that you're really good at what you do. That's just going to deepen that feeling of feeling like a fraud, as opposed to objectively taking some, a little bit of space away and actually looking at your achievements and looking at how, uh, looking at your process to get to your achievements Mm -hmm. and taking note of that for yourself. You know, I have worked hard and yeah, I've made mistakes. And, And that's another thing, right? Like most people who feel like imposters are perfectionists. Mm. Because as kids, either they've not been allowed to fail, right? Not been mm-hmm. allowed to make mistakes because their environment was very protected, because it was just kind of not ever something you were allowed to do as a kid. Mm. Or anytime you made a mistake, you were heavily criticized, heavily punished. Mm. So either way, you become an adult who decides that I've got to be perfect all the time.
0: That's so much sense.
1: And so you're going to get, you're going to be screwed. (laughs) Because then when you make a mistake in the real world, which you will, and you do, right? Right. You're not going to be able to integrate that mistake into a larger self, larger sense of who you are as a person, because I think of myself as perfect. And oh my God, this mistake is now, it must mean that I'm not, which must mean that I don't deserve to be here.
0: Right. And then just reinforce the narrative of I don't deserve to be yeah. here. I, I'm a fraud. Yeah. And soon they'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that something happened in my brain when you said it's linked to being a perfectionist. That seems like a really... Uh, now that seems like such an obvious <laughs> link. Mm. But it, I certainly haven't thought of it like that in the past. Okay. Another question that uh, came up, which I thought I would include. People who find it hard to achieve, sorry, to accept their achievements or Mm -hmm. to accept compliments. Mm -hmm. Would that also be a component of imposter syndrome?
1: Yeah, sure. You know, but it's, it's also, it doesn't necessarily have to be like lots of people are not able to accept compliments and praise mm-hmm. and still not feel like imposters, right? Right. But that, that's not to say that it's time for everyone in this world to be mm-hmm. able to receive a compliment. Like we have to, we have to do that. Right? right and that's also respecting someone else's reality you telling me that one thing you're so funny and i think and you you meaning it as a compliment and me being like no 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 i'm not is actually disrespecting your mm. reality so even right. if you have to accept the compliment because you want to be respectful start doing sure. that right why is that so difficult for me to accept here and right. that is when really people need to start doing the hard work which is Mm. let's go back to my childhood and let's look at, you know, how did my family communicate compliments? How did my family, how did my parents take, receive compliments? Mm. Were they constantly deflecting and explaining away and being like, yeah, I know it was good, but you know, here's why it shouldn't have been. And here are all the mistakes I made. And has that just become part of my vocabulary and it's masquerading as modesty and humility, but actually it's, not, it's, it's just disbelief of your own ability.
0: Mm, you know? Almost like a rejection of a part of yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, so another question that I took. Is there a case to be made about particular patterns of thought or behavior that contribute to imposter syndrome? And does that put too much onus on the person in question? Example, mm-hmm. am I responsible for my own imposter syndrome? Mm. or am I responsible for this looped pattern of thought which limits my behavior and my life?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's a great question, right? Because that's like the meeting of agency and structure right there. And that's constantly mm-hmm. meeting. Like it's never just one or the other, right? It's never just right. agency or structure. So I think here in this case, let's recognize that our culture, our family, the way we, whatever, all of that, it's all contributed to us feeling some distrust and mistrust mm-hmm. in our beliefs and in our capabilities and in our success, etc. At the same mm-hmm. time, now that we're talking about it, now that you've recognized that, man, this is a problem, like me constantly feeling not good enough, right. now here is where your agency comes into, into play, right? Here is mm-hmm. where you as an adult can be like, let me do something about this. Mm. And yes, there are contributing thought patterns. So, like for example, must, right? Albert Ellis, the psychologist, he calls it masturbation. And it's when okay. you when you tell yourself tons of things that begin with I should or I must. That's, right? Mm. I should do this a hundred percent perfect because otherwise I'm a failure.
0: Right? Totally. I must
1: right. be always on like all over my social media because otherwise no one's going to see me and that makes me a failure i mean it's all all linked right yeah to feeling like a failure mm. and once you recognize that dude like i put so much rubbish pressure on me right how about mm-hmm. i change the must to a pref- preference right i would prefer mm. to do this like a hundred percent perfectly but it that leaves like room for like error that means leaves room for difference
0: i mean what i gathered from what you said again nurturing the the narrative the self-narrative so really being aware of what the tone of the self-talk is in those moments and finding a way to catch oneself in in conversation i guess and steer that
1: yeah and it's super tempting by the way to mm. continue our thoughts Right, Because there is mm. almost like a belief that we have that if I don't chastise myself or if I allow mm. myself any sense of ease, then mm. that urgency to achieve and that urgency to reach certain goals and be where I am <laughs> is going to go. So mm-hmm. there's constantly a fear. Yes. Right? Oh my God, if I don't, if I tell myself that Avanti, you're okay, you're doing okay, then that may mean that I'm never going to be ambitious.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a danger yeah. because society won't reward you for being unambitious. Yeah. God. I'm relating when you when you said that, it's I've I've most certainly been in a situation I've got a lot of friends, artists particularly, who have shared being in that seat as well where there's a legitimate where they feel it's legitimate at the time, a fear of Letting go of the reins mm. a bit, and you know, stopping to to push, especially when you're in a situation where you're freelancing, you're working as a creative independent. The uh, amount of work that arrives on your plate and your ability to stay afloat is based on your consistent hustle. Mm-hmm. So, letting go of the the reins and and softening softening that is. Uh, feels like a trap or it can feel like a danger
1: yeah but at the same time I think we we love to believe that the hustle can only be achieved if we castigate ourselves constantly Mm. but the hustle Mm. can be achieved if once in a while I say to myself that that was a good hustle you're good mm. where you are. And that is what's missing. Right. 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 If it's always like, no, 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 that wasn't good enough, or no, no, just because I did that doesn't mean that I've made it. No one's saying any of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm gonna move to the next question, which was Are there things that we can do to safeguard from falling into this pit of chronic self doubt? I feel like that's what you've been doing, has been answering mm-hmm. that but do you have any other any other thoughts any other points uh, worth sharing uh, to self protect i guess
1: i think i mean no nothing nothing really new to add but i think i just want to emphasize the bit about reparenting yourself right and mm-hmm. that's not to say that your parents were terrible parents or that your parents mm-hmm. didn't do enough right it's just that maybe they weren't able to give you what you as an individual child needed at that point. And mm. now you can do that for yourself by noticing mm. that maybe, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not like fabulous. I'm not like the most popular XYZ or whatever, but mm-hmm. I, you know, my character is this and I'm able to do this and whatever. I mean...
0: Just balancing out the self-talk, basically. Steering away from uh, whatever harshness exists in that narrative inherently. Which also can happen when you're, let's say, creating something, uh, sharing it with the world and, you know, opening opening doors of a vulnerable part of yourself to some often harsh uh, feedback Mm -hmm. and critique Mm -hmm. and that... I mean, of course, I'm speaking in the context of making art and sharing it with the world, mm-hmm. which is from my lens and and the uh, the theme of, I guess, these conversations. But uh, I'm sure, even otherwise, again, it, it's like coming back to social media, where basically walking around on digital streets, where it's easier to uh, be critical of other people's work yeah I mean I just had
1: an aha moment almost where you know I'm putting myself Mm -hmm. on your podcast and we're having this conversation about imposter syndrome and I'm not professing to know everything about it but Mm -hmm. I'm talking about it I'm waxing lyrical about imposter syndrome (laughs) and anybody could turn around and be like she knows fuck all I mean (laughs) I could do that to myself right (laughs) if I really wanted to or if I had that pattern or didn't arrest it earlier
0: Hmm. If the pattern had momentum, yeah. Already,
1: yeah. Well,
0: I don't think so <laughs> at all. That's actually been, uh, you know, it sounds. It's like with the semantics of imposter syndrome, it's as it, it gets thrown around very lightly. Mm-hmm. In maybe in in my circles or in my past experience, but definitely feels like something that just gets talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but i certainly have had a lot of like oh really moments in this conversation so i'm pleased to have dug into it with you you certainly know more about it than anybody else i've spoken to about it.
1: you know and everyone has different paces and paths but everyone will and has experienced that doubt that mm. yeah thank you thank you <laughs>
0: A big thank you to my guest Avanti for sharing her words, knowledge and insight And for helping me bring this season to a close. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the last episode of Season 1 of A Sound Approach where Avanti speaks to me about burnout. If, like me, you've recently been having conversations about imposter syndrome, be sure to share this episode with the friends you've been having those conversations with. And if you enjoyed listening, be sure to check out other episodes of A Sound Approach. Seasons 1 and 2 can be found wherever you get your podcasts. For now, i'm taking a bit of a break from editing podcast episodes and i'm looking forward to going back to making some music thank you for listening and for sticking with me through the end of season two we will be back with a new season hopefully sometime soon and until then take care stay well and happy creating